Profound. What is the point of my life? What's the point? What am I here for? It'll be a bit of a roller coaster this morning. We're going to go up a mountain, down a mountain, and hopefully back up another mountain. Anybody like roller coasters by any chance? Like eight of you. Maybe ten. Okay, here's a woohoo over here. You know? I think the last roller coaster I went on uh, was in my early 20s, and I had to spend the rest of the day laying on a bench. Thank you. <laughs> Says the woman that used to fly airplanes. That's beautiful right there. So this time of year, a variety of different things happen, and we've all been a part of them, whether they're happening right now or not. You've been there, right? Graduation ceremonies. Anybody ever been to a graduation ceremony? Anybody graduating this year? Woohoo! All right, so we've all been there at one point in time or another. Now, I'm fascinated by graduation ceremonies, and I've said this before, but I get to do this about once a year, and I'll, I'll do it. You know, there are, some folks are the valedictorians of the class, right? Those are the, those are the top one. That's the one. Any valedictorians here? I'm just Really? Eighth grade. <laughs> I, I wish you could have seen this. He raises his hand. His wife, Sadie, elbows him in the gut, and then he goes, eighth grade. <laughs> I'd take it, too. All right, so. Okay, so you either graduate valedictorian, and I get these mixed up. Summa cum laude, magna cum laude, cum laude, and my favorite. You ready for it? You've heard it before. Thank you, laude. Yes. That's what's happening this time of year, and it's already been happening. Now, if you, go, if you go to one of these graduation and commencement ceremonies, we're going to hear a variety of different speeches, but they all hover around three or four different themes, don't they? I mean, they, they really do. So you might hear a theme that, that appears like this. Um, freedom, you're free now. <laughs> we give them a great big empty box called Freedom which some of us as parents are still trying to cut the financial cord to true freedom. You know, the purpose of life, they'll say, the speaker is to be free, because freedom is what brings happiness. Now, what's interesting about this definition of freedom is it's, it's a freedom, it's a negative freedom. You're only free from all the rules that might constrain you. It's not tying or completing the loop that's not just freedom from this in order to be something else. We leave that part out. You ever notice that? So we give graduates a liberated self to go and explore, to enjoy your freedom. The problem with freedom unchecked is it doesn't really give any direction. And it appears to me with three daughters and watching other folks, Direction's important. Who am I? What do I do with my life? What's the point of my life? What is my freedom for? How do I know what path is my path? So that's one of the boxes that we give them, and it's, it's a big box filled with, well, just empty air. You, you might say chasing after the wind. 
Second box that we may give them, and I've heard folks speak this way, hand them another big box of empty air, and this is the box of possibility. And it goes something like this. Your future is limitless. You can do anything you want, which is great if you actually knew what you were supposed to do. Back to freedom. But it's all about taking risks and dreaming big and being audacious, and that doesn't really help that much. Because what am I supposed to do with this limitless possibility? So we hand him a third box. It's another big box that's filled with empty wind, and you might say it's even a chasing after the wind. See where I'm going here? It's the box of authenticity. Box of Authenticity says, look inside yourself. Find your inner passion. You're amazing. You're a rock star. You're the best. Here's your trophy. Everybody gets one. Live according to your own true way. Awaken the giant within. You go do it. But you know what? That's kind of hot air also. when you don't know what the point or the purpose of your life is. So if we're handing them freedom and possibility and authenticity, we hand them uh, another empty box. Could be the emptiest of all. It's called the box of autonomy. You just do you. It's up to you. You're your own. You define your values. No one else can tell you what's right or wrong for you. Do what you love. Go get them. Have some fun. Now, the interesting thing about these types of themes is go do what? What is my limitless possibility? What will I be grounded in? They're in limbo, looking for certainty. And yet we give them uncertainty more often than not in the form of moral platitudes that are ungrounded and they're just floating with nothing to be grounded in. For no trajectory, no meaning, no purpose, no life. Now, obviously, slightly overstated for the point of what I'm trying to do here. There's a great book out, and Ron and I have been reading it. It's called, uh, it's by David Brooks. He's a New York Times uh, columnist. It's called The Second Mountain. I recommend it. If you're looking for pool reading, go for it. Great book. It's fantastic. And in this book, he suggests that these are the types of things that we offer people. He also goes on to say that there are two mountains in life. The first mountain is a mountain that's filled with a lot of the things that we just talked about. Possibility, authenticity, you do you. Seek your freedom and seek your autonomy. Go out there and do whatever you want, whenever you want. Make as much money as you can. Immerse yourself in all pleasures. Find the next possible trip and experience it. That's what's going to be and lead you to a meaningful life. He says more often than not, folks spend the first decade or two of their working life trying to climb this mountain and something happens and they fall into a valley and they recognize that maybe that's not as good as it gets. Maybe, perhaps, there's something more. So they set out on an Instagram life, 
right? In search of likes, pursuing degrees, relationships, money, jobs. They become foodies. They're immersed in fine wine, experiences, trips, stuff that may lead to answers. And then they realize on the far side of that mountain, it's a long way to tumble down. And they find themselves in a valley. And yet the valley is the best place to be. That's the place to determine, where you have the chance to determine a true life that lives for someone or something else besides you. His whole thesis in the book is when you find yourself in this place, now you have the opportunity to climb the second mountain, which is a mountain filled with meaning and purpose and significance for the other and in striving for meaning, purpose, and significance with and for the other, you find one's self. Now this is not new wisdom. This wisdom was borrowed by a gentleman or the author of the book of Ecclesiastes. Anybody read the book of Ecclesiastes? Anybody, can you pronounce Ecclesiastes? Can you spell appropriately Ecclesiastes? By the way, the spelling bee, eight winners this last week. Did you see that? So anyway, Ecclesiastes is one of these wisdom books in the Old Testament, and it sounds exactly like this scenario. See, friends, here's the gospel today. The gospel is not the first mountain, the second mountain. And we can climb the second mountain. We can find ourselves living from the second mountain if we avoid, according to Ecclesiastes, three pitfalls. That's where we're headed this morning. So let's take a look at the text. I'm hoping it's on the screen. And the text should be appearing soon. There we go. Okay, so let me set this up a little bit. Ecclesiastes, we don't know exactly who the author is. Again, what's the point of my life? That's the question. Ecclesiastes was written by, in the English translation, it's called teacher. In the original, it's called the koholet. The koholet. The teacher. The the wise one. Some people believe this was Solomon. Others believe this was a teacher writing an indictment about Solomon and the way Solomon tried to live his life completely from the first mountain. Make sense? So we are going to look at what some of the pitfalls of Solomon was. And my friends, this book is as relevant today as it was whenever that book was written thousands of years ago. It's fascinating. It's one of my favorite books. I hope you like it because this text is really fun. Okay. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? I applied my mind to study and explore by wisdom All that is done under the heavens. Okay, so you see what's happening? This guy, the Koholet, the teacher, is going to be the smartest, wisest, most information-driven human being on the planet. Okay? He's going to be Mr. Information. Let's go to the next slide. What a heavy burden, love that, God has laid on humankind. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them, and here's an indictment, and it gets rough. 
It's all empty wind. It's all meaningless. It's all, say it with me, a chasing after the wind. That was weak. Let's do it again. A chasing after the wind. Thank you for waking up. I appreciate that. I said to myself, come now, I will test you. This is the second pitfall, and I'm going to come back and unpack these a bit. I said to myself, okay, if it's not information, if it's not too much information, maybe it's acquisition, maybe it's pleasure for the sake of pleasure. I said to myself, if it's not information, maybe I'll test myself with pleasure to find out what is good. I'm going to test it with pleasure. Information didn't work, now pleasure. I'm going to deny myself nothing. But, but, that also proved to be meaningless. I undertook great projects. Look what his pleasure-seeking skills took him, led him towards. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. Doesn't sound bad. Sounds like something we'd all be into. He did it to the extreme. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves. Okay, this is back then. I'm not advocating for this. He basically hired people to help him take care of all this stuff. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. So he went after it, didn't he? This guy went after it. I amassed silver and gold for myself. Man, his portfolio was, was popping. And the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers. Musicians, what's wrong with that? And a harem. This guy, it said, had over, for over three and a half years, he could have a different woman a night, as well as the delights of a man's heart. This guy went for it. This guy went all out on pleasure. And he said it was meaningless. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me somehow. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. Say this with me. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. It was just another big box of hot air. Didn't mean anything. So if information doesn't work, if pleasure doesn't work, well, maybe there's something else. Let's keep reading. <laughs> so I hated life. Got to appreciate the honesty. Because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. In other words, it wasn't information. It wasn't pleasure for the sake of pleasure. He, the third pitfall was he poured himself into a workman. This guy was a workaholic with a capital workaholic. And I hated my life, he says. And in all one sentence, or one verse, all of it is meaningless. Ready? A chasing after the wind. 
Wow, maybe there are two mountains. Maybe there is a mountain that we work so hard to climb. We're sold a bag of goods that just doesn't work. And somewhere along the line in our life, we crash and we say, maybe that's not as good as it gets. Maybe there's something or someone more. David Brooks says there is a second mountain. The Koholet says there is a second mountain. It's called finding meaning and purpose, significance and joy, a reason for being, a new identity in and through Jesus Christ. So we can get to the second mountain if we avoid these three pitfalls. Pitfall number one, too much information. Too much information. In fact, is anybody's mind swirling because we've got enough information these days? I mean, am I the only one? Pitfall number two, too much acquisition. Food, wine, houses, vineyards, gardens, parks, fruit trees, reservoirs, staff to maintain it all, flocks, women, silver, gold, musicians. Man, that just sounds like 2019. Conclusion, chasing after the wind. Pitfall number three, work harder, work longer, get her done. Cowboy up, cowgirl up, I'm an EEOC pastor. Pull up your bootstraps. Make it happen. Don't be such a wimp. But he hated it. Conclusion, chasing after the wind. Now, has anybody here tried to chase after the wind? You ever watched a kid try to chase after the wind? It's really kind of fascinating. It's funny. Because you can't see it, and you can't catch it, and you can't find it. But you can, you can giggle hard and run after it. It's just going to leave you exhausted. So if it's not that first mountain, if it's not all these things, what is it? The Koholet, the teacher, the wise one. The very, very end of the book of Ecclesiastes. By the way, you're getting a sermon this morning in 17 minutes on one book of the Bible, and the book of the Bible is Ecclesiastes. I've never done this before, and I've always wanted to. You're my first test. Oh, and I'm nailing it. So what is the point of my life? Dare to wonder. The Westminster Confession points us in a direction with a series of questions and answers. And the question is, what is the chief end of humankind? Answer, humanity's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. None of this other stuff. None of that other stuff. Because at the end of the day, the Koholet was right. The teacher was right. It's meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. It's a chasing after the 
wind. It doesn't mean it's all bad. It just means not too, T-O-O, much. At the very end of the book of Ecclesiastes, in chapter 12, verses 9 to 14, can you put that up? Here's the response, here's the answer. Here's where we're coming back up to the second mountain, and we spent some time going up the roller coaster, down into the valley of the roller coaster, and now we're going to come to the top. I've dug a pretty deep hole for us because for 15 minutes I've talked about basically every single person's life in this room and how meaningless it actually truly is at the end of the day. Now there's a feel-good sermon for you. Hey, go out there and get them. Huh? But if it's not all that, oh wise Koholit teacher, what is it? Not only was the teacher wise, but the teacher also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words. And what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. You know what a goad is? It's like a stick that you, you actually use a goad to uh, get your sheep to go where you want them to or your goats to go where you want them to. The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded rails given by one shepherd. We're getting close. Be warned, my son and daughter, of anything in addition to them, of making many books This is for everybody in school right now, Tim Lee, especially you and Mindy Plick. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Drum roll, please. Are you ready? What is the point of my life? (laughs) Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the duty of all human beings. For God will bring every good deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or it is evil. Friends, the point of my life and your life and everyone's life is absolutely not mountain number one. It's the grace that falls us and leads us away from mountain number one to pursue meaning and purpose and significance so that we know that our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. Why? Point of our lives. Fear God. Have a healthy awe of God and keep his commandments. Amen. What a roller coaster. Wow, dare to wonder what the point of my life is and how ridiculously countercultural these words are. And yet, Holy Spirit of God, search our hearts, know them to be in alignment with you. We are new creatures in Christ because of that. We are given meaning, purpose, and significance. Its trajectory and direction is towards a healthy awe of you to listen to, to respond to, to act out in real life, real time. What love and justice and grace and peace and mercy and kindness and forgiveness actually looks like 
in a world that is out of control with freedom and autonomy and authenticity and too much information, too much acquisition, and too much work. May we be a movement of the realm of God that shows the world another way to live. And that takes heart. That takes courage. That takes you. May it be so. Amen.